Look out, man. It's episode 12 here on the Recruiter's Corner. On this episode today, we are going to be discussing and trying to answer the questions of some of the most important things out on the interwebs that applicants want to know about. And we're going to do it with a special guest again in the studio. Coming at you straight from the tap. Hello, 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 hello. How's everybody doing out there today? This is Technical Sergeant Timothy Gallagher. And Technical Sergeant Bradley Byers. And this is the Recruiter's Corner. How we doing, my man? How's it going today for you on this lovely Tuesday? Hey, man. It's a it's another good Tuesday. I, I really can't complain, man. My Tuesdays have been pretty all right, man. How are you doing? Well, good. Keep them going this way because I don't want to hear about any bad Tuesdays from you. That's it. Keep healing up over there. I hope that you're healing well. Actually doing really good. Uh, surprisingly well, in fact. Uh, I actually started walking. It's pretty great. It's pretty nice. Oh, good. Yep. Man, that's fantastic. I was going to ask, are you doing the jumping jacks yet? But no. Let's, no. Just, <laughs> let's just walk first, all right? <laughs> gotta, Baby gotta steps, Bradley. Baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for asking, man. I'm doing okay. I'm doing well. Just moving, shaking over here. Living at Visalia, Visalia Cali life, Ooh, California dreaming. Yes, there we indeed. go. California dreaming. All right. So who, who is our guest today, Tim? Do you know that we have somebody in the studio today? And I am very honored to say and, intro and to introduce, if I could say it, Jody with the Y. What's <laughs> up, my man? What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> How are you doing? Oh man, I'm doing well. I'm glad that you guys brought me to the show. No, no thank no, you for we're coming. Happy that you're actually coming on. Yeah, thank you for coming on and uh, spending some time with us and yeah. being part of this adventure that we're we're going on right here. You know what I'm saying? No problem. I like what you guys got going on. I appreciate it. Hey, introduce yourself, man. Let the audience know who they're listening to. All right. So Jody with the Y um, in the Air Force, they call me Technical Sergeant Jody B. <laughs> Um, I got in recruiting back in 2016 out in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I did that for about three years until about 2019. And then I asked the Air Force, could I become a recruiting instructor? So I've been recruiting in San Antonio or I've been instructing in San Antonio since about 2019. And um, I decided during the pandemic, I would start a YouTube channel. And, uh, and that's where the Jody with the Y came from. So <laughs> your videos are great, man. Your videos are great. They are. They're really good, man. And they've I, caught attention. You know, they caught our attention. They've caught a lot of attention out there. Oh, see, I, I, that's the stuff I'm not really that aware of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, I put these videos out and I try and share them. And then, you know, you don't really hear too much from the recruiting world. You know, I hear a lot from the actual civilian applicants, but the recruiting world, I, I only hear what I get tagged in you know, like on a social media platform. So, so I don't really know how it's being recepted um, out in the recruiting world. Well, I know they're all very informational videos and they're, yeah. they're well done. So I'll give you, I'm going to give you credit on your production quality. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> you do a very good job on them. And uh, yeah, they're just, they're just fun to watch. Yeah. I sat down and Thank watched you. a couple of them, man. They're, they're, they're very, very good. You know, and like um, the first one I came across was actually right at the same time that we had released an episode of really about the same thing, right? I think it was right. um, 
I can't remember what it was now off the top of my head, but yeah. Thank you. Uh, is it a four to six year contract? Yeah, yeah, that's right. The four yeah, to six okay. year contract, you know, and, and we're talking about that. And it was just kind of like, man, this dude has his stuff together too. You know I mean? Like, I like it. Uh, you know, at yeah. that point in time, I had no idea who you were really. You know what I mean? And I was just like, oh man, this dude's got his, his stuff together. He knows what's up. You know, and then I started watching a couple more of them and I'm like, man, this dude's got it going on. So I'm like, hey, look, you got questions, right? And if maybe I miss them, I don't know. Watch Jody with a Y on YouTube, man. You get, you get it. Fine. So yeah, I've, you know. And, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I was going to say um, that same that same day I dropped, I released that video. Uh, I think you had went on and commented on the video, and you say, "Hey, we did something similar." And um, and then you had tagged me in the, in in your podcast, and I listened, and I was like, "Oh man, like there's more people out in the recruiting world doing what I'm doing." So I was I was really excited to see that as well. Cool, cool. And you know, hopefully we just keep this up, and we can uh, you know continue doing this you know for years to come. Oh, Let's definitely. keep this going. <laughs> Let's keep it Definitely. going. Well, hopefully one day um, we're as big time as Mr. Jody with a Y. Man, you get like <laughs> thousands of views, and that's, we're still yeah. chilling. We're still chilling with some humble numbers, man. We're chip. We're chipping away, Brad. We're, we're chipping away, baby. But we're not giving up. <laughs> we're not giving up. This is our Tuesday night fun. Ooh, right. Actually, you know what? I, I've said it time and time again, man. Honestly, like, it, look, obviously the goal here is to I- inform people and, and educate them to hopefully make better applicants and, and to overall just intrigue people about the Air Force, but make better applicants for so they can go through the process better. But if nothing else, I have fun recording with my man, Tim, and, and just laughing and laughing, laughing, because if, if you haven't caught the bloopers reel, that's, I think that's all we do. <laughs> just laugh all the that's, time. That's, <laughs> Just the whole duration of it. Yes. If you just want to sit there and make it, I think we are, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can be contagious. You know, people start laughing, just hearing us laugh. Like, what the hell? What are they even laughing at? People just start laughing anyway. But yeah, check out the bloopers. Come on, get there. Get there. Mr. Uh, Mr. Jody, are you going to, are you going to crank out a bloopers episode one day? Or uh, what do you think? (laughs) I'm still trying to figure out where I'm going with the channel. Um, I, I got a lot of ideas right now and I'm just not, I'm honestly not comfortable enough to do like a bloopers. Like I, I almost feel like I have to keep it strictly inf- informative and, and I, I haven't really shown my personality that much through, through YouTube. So I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, I definitely uh, would want to get to the point where I can, I can definitely um, be myself behind the camera, but I'm still trying to get comfortable with the whole idea of doing YouTube. Well, fair enough, man. I can. We have not ventured into that territory, so I do not know what all is involved in the YouTube world. I can imagine, though, it's it's a different beast than just being man, on here using my voice first. You know, I, I really think y'all could just take the the Zoom um, uh, videos that y'all are doing. Throw them on YouTube and see what. Upload them right up and see where it goes. <laughs> Leave the blooper. <laughs> Let it go straight through. Man, uh, right. I'll, I'll have on different outfits. I'll, who knows what I'll be wearing? I'll be. I'll, I'll be wearing my Ric Flair robe. Who knows, man? I like it, man. I I just want everybody to see the poster that's behind you of the no. Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> coming off the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> he's just laying down the fist man <laughs> he's just beat he's just beating his maker is that jesus beside him <laughs> yeah he, he's dropping he's dropping an elbow up top rope on the jesus is what's going on 
Hey, he's up there. He's, he's not going to stop wrestling, right? He's up there. So. I heard that this was a shot that was actually taken. <laughs> it's a real photo. <laughs> so, oh, anyway. So I think that would be entertaining up back there. I think it would be great. I think it would be great. Right. Uh, all right. So, so my, I, go ahead. No, it was just so my man, he was a former recruiter, right? right? And he's at the schoolhouse, right? So who better than to talk about and answer some of these questions? You know, and what he does at the schoolhouse, he prepares us, you know, like myself and Sergeant Bradley. He, he prepares individuals like us to go out there and start talking to you, yep. uh, applicants and parents and everybody that are out there about the Air Force. So, I mean, he's got a very critical job. He's got a very important job that he has to do. So I'm glad to have him on here for this episode because, you know, we're going to hit the, as I said in the introduction, the interwebs, you know, had some very <laughs> interesting questions, but you know, they were, it was, it seemed to be a lot of the same, you know, so this is what people want to know. So why not, why not throw it out there to them? Why not inform while we entertain? Exactly. Right? And, uh, well, I, I think I would like to kick it off with the first question, if you don't mind. Hey, I think you should. Okay, so the, the very the first question, which, and honestly, I think it's probably the most important question that I've been finding. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? <laughs> <laughs> that is the top question. <laughs> That's the top one. And People want to know. <laughs> they do. Which I'm unequivocally, yes, absolutely is. Yes. And I say, and people, you know what the answer is? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and it's number one. It'd never be beaten, but yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay. That is a Christmas movie, and it is the best Christmas movie. And, and you know, it has everything together. When you have Hans Gruber, <laughs> in, in, uh, you know, as the main bad guy, the group. You can't get any better than that. <laughs> the Grooby. <laughs> oh so that's good I, i'm glad to get that first one out of the way because yeah um it's a yes on my end what about you two guys yes and yes yeah, i would agree yes <laughs> all right perfect we are good to go all right <laughs> perfect <laughs> good all job right. mclean <laughs> yippee kai never mind okay all right oh, yep, yep. Oh, oh. might have to do our first editing <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody so throw us us and hit us up with the next one. Oh, you want me to hit up the next one okay sure okay okay all right so first real <laughs> question first real question we're gonna go to um people want to know if they have any say about where they will be assigned after tech school right so first duty stations what do you got man is this is this me or sure man yeah rock and roll all right so there, I, I got to give my story about how I came into the Air Force. That way, um, nobody ever does this. Uh, make sure that all of the people listening do not do what I'm about to tell you. Um, yes, you do have some control and getting an assignment, getting your location. Uh, the Air Force has this thing called a dream sheet. Basically, you're going to list some stateside locations that you wish to go to. And you're also going to list some overseas locations that you wish to go to. Air Force is going to look at this dream sheet and they're going to see what they have available for your career field and try to match you to it. If they get all the way down to the bottom of your list and they can't match you to what's on your dream sheet, at that point, the Air Force can send you where they need you to go. 
So the reason why I say yes. I got I to gotta tell my story is because I wanted to go to Florida. Uh, my best friend at the time was in Florida and he was like, you got to come here. So I was like, okay, well, when I do my dream sheet, I'm only going to list Florida. So I listed it. I listed Herbert Field, Florida. That was the only thing on my dream sheet. And <laughs> I got it. Like amazingly enough, nice. I got picked up for Herbert Field, Florida. So as I get in the Air Force, I don't even realize what I just did. And then I start hearing <laughs> how the dream sheet works. And I was like, oh my God, like that was probably one of the worst things I could have done. Because if they didn't have Herbert Field, they would have sent me anywhere. You would have been, yeah, you were, you were theirs. <laughs> right. But it worked out. So, you know, I thought like, that's all you have to do is just list that one place you want to go. And then I realized like, no, that's actually a bold move cotton. And uh, <laughs> no. see how this plays out. Right. It actually paid off though, but I would never recommend that for anyone who's listening to do that because you only have that one option. And if the Air Force doesn't have it, you're going wherever they need you. So, Yes. Now can now can they just uh you know fill out all overseas? Uh yes, actually, um, you can list all overseas. It doesn't mean that you will get overseas. Right. But it lets the Air Force know that that's where you want to go. That's what you would like. Yes, indeed. And now, is it possible to, as you said, you know where the Air Force needs you? If there's nowhere that you could fill, if you put all stateside and put zero overseas. It, it's still a possibility <laughs> yeah. that, that that can happen. Yeah. And yeah. The same thing. If they don't have the stateside the location that you listed, they can send you anywhere. So just got to keep that in mind. They can send you where they need you if they cannot fill your dream sheet. But you do have a say. You're building your dream sheet. You know, just sort of like your job preference list. You're building your dream seat, dream sheet. Right. And you know, I mean. I have been fortunate. I've been fortunate so far throughout my whole career, you know, with where we're, where we've been stationed. It's always been somewhere that, you know, I've, I've been looking to go. Um, maybe, you know, we had to, when you talk about Florida, when I was coming back from overseas, you know, I, I want to say the system sort of worked as best as it could because we did. We put down whatever I put down. Everything was Florida. I put eight to 10 jobs at our stations and it was all Florida to come back from Germany. And they got me 20 minutes from Florida and South Georgia and Moody. So I was okay. looking at it. I was like, you know what? I get. I guess it sort of worked. There was nothing available down there, but they got me right to South Georgia, 20 minutes right. from the border. So I was like, huh, all right. I, all right, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll I, take it. So I would, I would take Moody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like, you know, they, they, it seems like they, they will look at it. I know people that have gotten there definitely their, you know, their number ones and their top fives. Uh, Brad, how about you, buddy? Well, I mean, so my first, excuse me, my first dream sheet that I ever made in basic training, right? I ended up getting, uh, one of the ones on there and I, I got Barksdale, you know, right off the bat, which wasn't, you know, bad. I, I, I liked it. Um, but I would say one of the pieces of advice that I usually make sure and tell folks is like, Hey, don't just look at a map of bases and just start picking bases. Right. You know, like make sure that, <laughs> you know, that if you know your job ahead of time, right. Um, you know, if you're going in on a, on a guaranteed, you know, specific job versus an aptitude area, right? Make sure that uh, you research where that job goes or you, when you hit tech school, as soon as you hit tech school, talk to your, your tech school instructors, man, and make sure that you know the bases. So when you, when you update your list, like it properly reflects places that your job actually exists, right? Because- That you can go. <laughs> right, because like I use, um, I use Loadmaster quite a bit, right? You know, and it's kind of like, all right, look, you could be a Loadmaster if you want to, right? Great, 
But loadmasters don't go to every single base that's out there, right? Not every single base has cargo aircraft, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you might go to, well, Moody, for example, right? If you wanted to go to Moody, you're not going there as a loadmaster. Like, sorry to tell you, but, you know, some bases just don't have cargo stuff. So for to put that on there is essentially a waste of a spot, basically. So make sure that your, your job list is accurate to where your job actually goes. Yeah, 100%. A hundred percent. When you have, you know, uh, just looking at the same thing, like with, uh, you know, the helicopters, if someone wants to go with a helicopter maintenance, like, so you got to think you're only going to go where the helicopters are (laughs) when when I have someone sitting across from me, you know, that's all you're going to. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it could be a variety. It could be a wide variety of different things. Um, but yeah, they do have a say, right. I think they have a, they have a say they're going to build their list. Right. Absolutely, man. You definitely get, you can definitely put your two cents in. <laughs> so I like it. Yeah. All right. So what's up? Uh, question two. You want me to roll with it? Jody, you got the questions as well. Did you get the show notes? <laughs> I got the show notes. I, is, are we talking about the weight reduction one? You got it. All right. Let me put on my radio voice. <laughs> Smooth jazz. <laughs> Does the Air Force offer a reduction <laughs> program for applicants? <laughs> was that good? Did I get that it? Was that good. was good. All right. <laughs> you, just made me, you just made me shiver. <laughs> <laughs> so does the Air Force offer a weight reduction program for applicants? No. <laughs> so... Yeah, I think that, that's a uh, yeah, that's kind of one of them. I think I think that you could probably look at it a couple different ways. It just depends on like yes, it's an official program for for applicants. No, um, but you know, if your recruiter wants to, they they might run weekly or or uh, a couple times a month a, a little fitness program or whatever, and you know you might be able to 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 hop on with that uh, for you know for whatever. But uh, yeah, by and large, no. No. Uh, now, I mean, we'll work out with our DEP, our delayed entry program members, to make sure that they stay mm-hmm. below their max weight. But right. right. But ultimately, I would say that uh, weight reduction program, that's going to largely fall on the applicant, at least in, from my perspective, right? I want to see that you're motivated to do this, you know, on your own. I'll give you tips, Definitely. though. I'll give you tips. As I was say, I can give you resources. I can give you websites to go to and stuff like that. Once you get into my delayed entry program, if I see we have to go ahead and go somewhere, you know, I'll put you on a weight goal plan. Mm-hmm. you know and this is where we're going to be at and if somebody see you i want to want you to be down two pounds and you know you'll be on a weight goal plan throughout the time of the delayed entry program uh but before that uh situation <clears throat> yeah i can give you resources uh some links um and just give you some really hey you know what you gotta do you gotta run you gotta do push-ups you gotta do sit-ups right do that and then diet and then diet <clears throat> as long as you're eating right and drinking water instead of soda i mean you should be okay you can do it right yeah when right. I used to um, when I used to recruit, a lot of the a lot of the applicants will ask. Well, I see that the Marine are working with the applicants, and the Army's working with the applicants. And I think what they don't realize is that the Marine recruiters and the Army recruiters have a lot more recruiters in the office than yes. like we're a one man band. So we don't have the time um, to work a, a weight reduction program like some of the other services can. So sometimes. The, the applicants just don't understand that part of it. Like we're one man band, we do everything. So very true, very true. Yeah. Cool. Good work, guys. You, Question two. Yeah. Look at you. Have you have you guys ever had the person who who lost the miraculous amount of weight and, and came back 
50 pounds lighter and ready to yeah. go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's fantastic when they come walking through the door again. And you're like, look at you. <laughs> right. Dude, it, Whoa. It's, it, it's awesome, really. You know, and and that, that's the cool part. I mean, I worked with a guy. He lost 40-something pounds. I can't remember exactly. It's like 44, 45. Um, you know, and that's kind of one of those things where, like, when people come in, they're like, yeah, I just can't lose that much weight. And be like, yeah, you can. Like, you absolutely mm-hmm. can. Like, like, I've had people do it. I've had multiple right. people lose a good chunk, but he lost the most. And it's like, you just got to be motivated, man. You got to want it bad enough. Because, like, if you're, if you're sitting that far over your max allowable weight, you got weight to lose, man. You can do it. Right. You guys, um, you guys ever heard of uh, Sergeant Leo Knight Inglesby? No, no recruiter. So I, I, I actually taught um him not too long ago, maybe about eight months ago, and he, when he originally came into the Air Force, he was about 140 pounds overweight. He had to lose 140 pounds to join, and so he, he appreciated his recruiter for even talking to him telling him what he needed to do. You know, he didn't have a production program, but he told him like, this is what you need to do. So he took it into himself to lose that weight. And it pretty much changed his whole direction in life, like losing that 140 pounds. Um, because his recruiter did that for him, he wanted to be a recruiter. And this dude came in, got my top grad, like he was an amazing student. And even more than that, he's an amazing recruiter. I think he's been recruiting for like six months now and he's put in like 33 applicants in six wow. months so man my man right so oh. for people listening if you're overweight like don't think because you're overweight like you couldn't be good in the air force like sergeant knight inglesby and you can actually google him if you want to read his story because there's been several media outlets that have made his story um he was somebody who you know, was um, pretty much overwhelmed with his weight. He kind of had bad or self-esteem issues because of his weight, but now he's crushing it. So don't let your weight get in the way. If you're, if you're overweight, um, look at somebody like Sergeant Knight Inglesby, read his story. And that could be, you could be the next Knight Inglesby. Sure can. Yeah. I I do see that quite a bit where, you know, there's people that ask like, Hey, I'm sitting five pounds, 10 pounds, 20 pounds, whatever, over my max weight. Should I go ahead and meet my recruiter? And my answer is always, yes, absolutely. So it, now each recruiter is going to, you know, differ a little bit. You know, some of the, the busier markets may not, you know, it, it just depends if they have time or not. Uh, I meet with everybody. I don't care how overweight you are, right? Because uh, at the end of the day, right, if you go not, it's not a bad idea for you to lose the extra weight probably anyway, if you're sitting 140 pounds over your max. But um, ultimately, though, you may not be qualified you know, for other reasons other than weight, you know, so I'd like for you to come in and find mm-hmm. all that stuff out, you know, or start working on something, or, you know, maybe you are just disqualified just because of weight. And that's the proper motivation that you need. You know, you're like, I can do this. This is the only thing holding me back, you know? So like, absolutely, I absolutely, I'd meet with everybody. So yes, if you are sitting overweight, contact your recruiter. So does, it doesn't matter. Get going. Yes. Yeah. Get the info that you're looking for and get the motivation you're looking for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's how I always try to leave it off with them. You know, if I, even if it's just a talk on the phone or if someone just shoot me a text message, it's like, you leave it off. All right, listen, you know what we got to do? We got to drop about 40. We got to drop about 45. You could do this. All right. Not impossible. You know, just it, this is something that could be achieved. So let's go. I'm going to check up with you in about two and a half weeks. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to hear about some good progress, you know, and uh, hopefully that lights a little fire under them. Right. So, cool. Good, All right, uh, good answering, fellas. Good answering. I think like we're crushing. Profes- These are like professionals, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should do this for a living. 
I was gonna say it's almost like we get paid to know this. <laughs> oh man. All right. So you know what uh, you know was coming in up there, you know, high on the list was also uh so what's the top rank I can get basically or I can uh, have upon enlistment? Right? What is the top rank I can have upon enlisting and how do I earn that rank? So well, the important question, something a lot of people want to know. Go ahead, brother. I was going to say, well, I mean, the top rank, that's that's a quick, easy answer, right? E3. That's the top one. E3. Right. Now, how yes. you get it, there's a couple of different you know, answers to that. Uh, usually the ones that I know that I come across the most, right, is college credits and uh, ROTC, junior ROTC, you know, participation, right? So I think it's uh, three years or more in JRO. Three years. And, three years junior ROTC um, or ROTC. Yep. And – um. With 45 college semester hours, and uh, that'll get you E3. Mm-hmm. Also, a couple of awards out there for a suit. Mm-hmm. Air Patrol, they can have the Billy uh, Mitchell Award, the Carl Spatz, the Amelia Earhart Award, and the, oh, there's one more, Isa Aker. I believe that's the name of the award. There's four civilian and that's, awards out there. And that's for the Civil Air, right? For the for civil, civilian Air Patrol, they can get yeah. Four different awards they can have that will get them in a list of grade three. Yeah. Yeah. I just, and now, isn't there also Eagle Scout? That'll, well, that'll get you in a list of grade two. E2. That'll get you to the E2. Okay. Right. So there's the Eagle Scout that can do that. And then, if I'm correct, um, I'm not, no, I don't know if I'm, there's also the Chopper Award. And what happens with the Chopper Award? Do you know that one? I think that with that one is where you're actually, um, can end up getting one of your top jobs actually. So let me get off of that and let's get back to the rank. My bad. Okay. I'm throwing, I'm throwing things in. I'm throwing curveballs. That's it. <laughs> well, you, you know, there, there's some of this stuff, you know, cause there's a lot of different things to a lot of these different, you know, questions or whatever, you know, some of it's just like, I, I haven't come across all of it and I'm not a, uh, uh, a regulation wizard. You know, I don't have it all memorized, you know? So like I, I never come across civil air patrol stuff, right? Because we just don't have right. civil air patrol around here. So like those, mm-hmm are lost to the sands of time in my brain. You know what I mean? I haven't come across that in, in forever, but um, yeah. So I have no idea what you, <laughs> what you I got to teach it. <laughs> so this, yeah. This is where that knowledge comes in handy. Right? Yeah. I got to teach it. This is why we have guests on the show. People This is why we have guests on the show. Oh, Jody man. with the Y. Thank you. Hey, we need some, we need some, we need some uh, gun, some gunshot sound effects after. <laughs> oh man, we do. <laughs> oh, I'm in there. Um, but no, yeah, the uh, the the, um, the Eagle Scout Award and the Gold Palm Award for for Girl Scouts that'll get you in the list of grade two. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's run down real quick again the E three. All right, that was the college credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forty five. Right. Forty five college credits. Yeah. And then there is the, the four Civil Air Patrol awards. Yep. There is three years in JROTC, JROTC. Or ROTC. Or ROTC. And then you got the six-year? Contract. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I would there, – there is a little bit of a – you got to add in that little piece where it's like you're still coming in as an E1. Like right. you, you don't get that E3 until you graduate tech school. Right. So tech school. Right. right. So they, there, there is a little bit of difference to that because I do see, you know, and, and this kind of fits in with another question that I've seen 
uh, that we could probably check off the list here too, is that, you know, like, Hey, do we get paid E3 pay? If we're coming in as an E3, they would get paid E3 pay and basic training, or do we only get paid E1 pay? And that's where I like to make sure that that difference is known. Right. So like if you're coming in as an E3 in one of the ways that we described prior to the contract, right? Yeah. You're getting E3 pay through basic training, even though you don't have the stripes on, but six year contract E1 pay all the way until you graduate tech school. And then you right. pay. Yes. And then boom, yep. look at you. There's your stripes. <laughs> <laughs> doing something with yourself (laughs) get out of here slick slick, slick. (laughs) all right brad go ahead what's the next one brother all right so the people would like to know can they join the air force if they are not a u.s citizen all right well that's yes yeah yes yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, was, I was waiting. I didn't know. Like, do I take it? <laughs> All right. So I guess the um yes. the, the rules behind it, they're gonna need their green card or their INS form 550. Um, that is what we call a green card, the, the um professional term for it. And it's gotta have at least two years before it expires um in order to join. Um so if you're going to go into a recruiter's office, make sure that that green card has more than two years left on it. Uh, the the catchy the catch about coming in as a non-U.S. citizen is that you won't be able to re-enlist into the Air Force if you do not get your citizenship while you're in. So the Air Force makes it really easy for you to get your citizenship while you're serving. But if you don't do it, then you won't be able to re-enlist. Um, so that's kind of the catch to it. Do you know off the top of your head what some of the steps are to actually getting the citizenship while they're in? So, so there's a lot of paperwork that they have to do. Um, and they basically would get with uh, their recruiter. The recruiter should have um, at least the, the in, our, in our guidance, the guidance tells them all the paperwork that they need to have to start their fast track um, before they even go. That way, when they graduate basic training, they can have all their paperwork um, ready to go, submit it up, and um, and get their citizenship. But it's going to be on us as the recruiters. Um, and if we don't get it to them, then when they get inside of the Air Force, and they're going to want to get with personnel and start um, coordinating that process. Cool. Yes. I don't know the forms by name, um, but it is there is a lot, and it's on them. Like, there, it's not up to the recruiter to do the paperwork for them. We just we can inform them of the paperwork that they need to do. Right. Right. Um, and on the non-US citizen one, as you're talking about, they're actually, just so it's informative, there are actually some uh, career fields that are not um, not available to you. Yes. As right. Well. They, oh, right. They come so, in with a limited, a limited amount of careers they can do. Uh, so anything that requires like a higher clearance, they're definitely not going to be able to do. Um, but once they get their citizenship, they're open to all of those jobs. Um, oh, those, and cross-training. Right, and the cross-training. Right. Yes, sir. I have a... And they can... No, go ahead. I was going to say they cannot come in as an officer. If they wanted to come in directly into an officer position without a citizenship, they are ineligible to do that. Yeah. The, uh, I don't want to go to... Oh, go ahead, buddy. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was and, just going to... It is really not that important. I was just really just going to say like, you know, because I've dealt with a couple 
Um, some that were not anywhere close to getting their citizenship and then some that were like almost through the process of getting their citizenship. And for those, I usually turn them away temporarily and be like, Hey man, it's, it would behoove you to finish that up, you know, get that done. That way it opens you up to more jobs versus right. the other way, just to kind of finish up that little thing. But yeah, I would do that too. I actually, um, out in Iowa, when I recruited, I had a big, uh, foreign citizen market, a lot of Togolese applicants, um, and um, it's crazy understanding how they get over here. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but in certain countries, they have this lottery system. Um, basically, the Air Force is all about diversity, right? Having a diverse culture. So they want a representation of all the different cultures from around the world in America. Um, so countries that are underrepresented in America, they give them a lottery system in their country to come over here. So if you're like some a country like China, we, we have a lot of different Chinese um, people in America. So they don't have that lottery system. But somewhere like Togo, where we don't have that many, they will have a lottery system. Basically, they put their name in and it's literally like a lottery. They get selected and then the um, America will allow them to come over here on a green card and, and work with us to have more representation of that, of that culture. So I had a ton of Togolese applicants out in or, or not applicants, but people out in um, Iowa. And they told me how they get over here. And it's, it's, just, it's just crazy to see how people were trying to get over here. It was just crazy to hear it. Wow. Yep. Man, um, no that I, did, I did not know that. I did not right. know that. And, and they want to get their citizenship. And the way to do it is mm -hmm. the military. So Military, wow. Yep. Oh. I had a huge market of Togolese applicants out there. I need to uh, brush up on my, you know, world geography. I have no <laughs> I idea look. where Togo is. I never I, I look, heard of it. I, I didn't know either, man. I, I my first Togolese applicant, like I could barely understand him. Right when he was talking, like his his um his dialect was so strong, I couldn't really understand him. By about the time I left, I I pretty much spoke Togolese. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> What, what you were thinking too, <laughs> right? They would be up. They would be on the floor at maps, and um, and my my maps liaison would put them on the phone with me so I could translate. <laughs> it was wild, man. It was definitely wild. That's, that's pretty cool, though, man. That's it's it's yeah. always um, you know, I I think to an extent, it's always it's always humbling, um, you know, working with with folks that are not U.S. citizens that are still wanting to serve the United States in, in the Air Force, you know, or, or really any branch for that matter. But obviously, specifically, I work with the Air Force. So it's, it's very humbling, you know, and it's it's awesome to see. And I'm always happy and proud to work with uh, non-U.S. citizens. It's cool. Right. Yeah. Try to give them that chance that they're looking for. Yep. You know, right. One of one of my guys just made a staff sergeant and I emailed him to congratulate. Oh, man. Nice. He sent, he sent me this super like empathetic and and a humble <laughs> email and i didn't know how much of an impact i had on him it's crazy to see it's crazy nice it, it's, it touches you right there man right right <laughs> you. you're you like I, I am making a difference <laughs> i am yeah. that's what that's what recruiters want to hear uh-huh yep <laughs> you changed my life <laughs> uh, true. i mean I, you know what you might be able to touch base a little bit more or discover or um just uh define it or describe it a little bit better than i can possibly but on the lines of citizenship another big question that comes out or that i get calls about is once i get in how easy is it for me to get my parents you know citizenship or family mm -hmm. member citizenship 
Do you remember getting questions like that? Now, family members, some of some of the Togolese applicants will get their citizenship so they can get their wives because a lot of their wives were still over in Togo. Uh So they would get their citizenship so they can bring their wives over here. And because they're because they now know somebody who has their citizenship, it's easier for their wife to get their citizenship. Um, And that was kind of the way, like, if I get mine, I can bring my family. I can start a family, get them out of Togo. But I, I don't know like all the official rules behind it. I just know that that was a lot of their game plan. If I get mine, it'll make it easier for my wife to get it. For the, okay, gotcha. Right. Do you, but do I you don't run into that payroll. or it's... No. Okay. No. So oh, I'm sorry, say it again, buddy. Oh, no, I'll say it. I, I really don't ever run into any of that. The um, So I've only ever worked with, I think it's three three uh non-us citizens if, if i remember right and they they were all super spread out but none of them had um you know family that uh that needed citizenship actually they were all uh actually the, the one young lady she was the only non-us citizen in her family her, her whole family already got all their citizenship she was the only one that didn't have it um no kidding yeah so she was so she, but she wanted to join and all the stuff anyway she wanted to get her citizenship while she's in and then there um the other young lady that I'm working with actually currently that's not a U.S. citizen is married to a U.S. citizen. She's just working on all of her stuff. And she's just not a U.S. citizen right now, but. Gotcha. All right. I just throw it out there. See if you had any insight on that kind of, on that, on that part of it, of the citizenship part. No, I don't, I don't really honestly don't come across it too much out here uh, in Idaho where I'm at. Um, so. Gotcha. All right. Well, next question, folks, what do you got? Who's rolling with it? Well, I mean, I, Oh, go ahead. You got it. How much vacation time do airmen get? <laughs> 30 two and a half days. <laughs> two two and a half year. days a month. <laughs> now do the math. <laughs> <laughs> so the official quick answer, right? You get 30 days of leave with pay per year, right? So that's how much you, and you can carry over, right? So you can accrue was it, and keep 60 days. You know, anything over that, right? You got to, you know, you start getting to use lose territory or whatever, but you can hold on to and stockpile 60 days, which is what I do. I have 60 mm-hmm. days pretty much at all times. And every single year I take, I have to take 30 days. Um, now during COVID times, that's changed a little bit, but uh, the other thing though, vacation time that doesn't really get talked about a whole lot is all the federal down days and stuff that you mm-hmm. get, you know, those are, those are always nice. And uh, some of the, mm-hmm. the, family days that we get you know is what's called so uh for example right around the corner next week in fact thanksgiving right so for thanksgiving i know we are getting thursday off right obviously for thanksgiving but we also get friday off for a family day and then saturday sunday day so four day weekend you know might pull off a wednesday too (laughs) maybe (laughs) you know atc do things a little different <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> Those days can add up, I and mean, you get a lot of days that you, that you can take advantage of every year. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, what well, you start looking at, like, I mean, Labor Day, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, you know, and all the other, uh, was it, um, I don't know. There's there's some other days in there, and I'm just spacing now, trying to list them off. <laughs> but, you know, but you get a lot of federal days <laughs> off, though, man. And a lot of those, you know, um, you know, like with Fourth of July time frame, right? They're always trying to tack a, a family day on with that, so that way you get like those four day weekends whenever possible. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you can actually just uh, get a little bit of downtime, 
Right. Let's go. And and, right. and it's up to you to take advantage of it. You know, it's up to the individual to take advantage of it and do what they want to do. If they want to sit in a room for four days and play video games, then do what you got to do. That's very true. You know? If you would like a comprehensive list of all the things you can do while on leave, please check out the leave episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did <laughs> cover yeah. the thing called leave, folks. <laughs> what you do on leave. Scroll down. Look at our other episodes, people. Come on. That was a good one. But oh man, that's a great. I mean, as as you said, stockpiling a man gets you stockpile your days up, so you can actually you you just have them in the bank. I don't know. I just have them in the bank, and if just something does happen, boom, thirty days if I needed to for some kind of emergency, and Mm -hmm. you know, not not sitting there hurting. But you, you don't, I don't, I don't know, really, I can't say because I haven't researched, but I know it's not many companies out there, not many uh, places out there that you're going to be getting 30 days paid vacation every year. My wife is jealous of my leave. <laughs> she gets like, like eight hours uh, every <laughs> two weeks, every month or something. It's terrible. Like, well, and, and I don't think about it. I'm just like, hey, let's go on a vacation. And she's like, well, I got to work this many days. Uh-huh. that type kind of time and i'm like oh man that's terrible yeah you should have joined the air force babe <laughs> <laughs> well you know that that's kind of like one of the honestly it's one of the worst parts you know i'm sitting here like i'm like all right you know looking at civilian thing you're like yeah you got you accrue so many vacation hours you know and then you're like i'm i gotta do the math for like how many how many hours am i trying to take off of work right now and like i'm like come on man i'm just like right. just days i'm like just drop them like let's go <laughs> like, and, and Another thing we don't think about is sickly. Like, oh, true. When we get sick, we can just we can call our supervisor. We got a good supervisor. We can call in and say, "Hey, I'm sick," and he say, "Okay, get better. I'll see you tomorrow." Or we sick call, get a note, and say that we can't we can't come into work. Um, that you're going to be on quarters or something for yeah, a it is. certain amount of hours. But there's no leave that we take for that. But mm-hmm. for like civilians, they got to take their sick leave in order to be off from work for being sick. And that's something we don't think about day to day. Well, you so know, and, true. and, and I, I mean, I just went through this, not being, not being sick or anything, but I just, you know, I just had surgery on my ankle and Achilles. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, all that paperwork got sent to the doctors, whatever. And they were like, cool. Hey, two weeks of convalescent leave, which is basically mm-hmm. two weeks medical leave. That's not charged to my normal regular leave at all. Like it's just basically two weeks of, of free time off, you know, essentially right to heal and get better, whatever, and get back to, you know, to where I can go back to work. And, right. you know, and that's another awesome benefit that we have. Right. So just to kind of, you know, tag onto that is, yeah, you never have to worry about the medical stuff, right. The, the being sick or being injured or whatever. Right. You just go through the doctor and bam, time off done. Right. Yeah. I've had the same experience, man. I hear you. I don't. It's uh, it's been pretty uh, for for my for my uh experience. It's always just been pretty uh straightforward. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um. All right, fellas. All right, cool. So I think what the what would be one of the last things we're gonna touch base on. All right, and and look at question wise. I think we were talking about maybe just uh, trying to talk a little bit about but like the waivers. Oh, maybe and just talk a little one? bit about. Is that the one we wanted to jump into, or did I might step in at? Am I am I looking at bad show notes? No, oh, no, no. It's a good. We got about we got, we got about three. I think three larger questions here that we were saving to the end. And if you want to jump in on that one first, I'm in. Let's go. 
Gotcha. All right. So, I mean, we were just going to talk about, you know, individuals uh, needing waivers. All right. And we just were going to just cover it on the fact that, I mean, waivers are going to be situational. All right. So the question is, you know, a lot of from applicants, how does the waiver process work or what do I need to do for this waiver or that waiver? And, or am I going to get in? Am I going to get approved? You know, it's situational. It has to go up to a higher level. It's situational. It depends on what the waiver is for. There's going to be, you know, your morals waivers. If you have some kind of a law violation or something of that nature, you're going to have them. Then there's the medical that we're looking at. We're looking at financial eligibility determinations. If you had things in collections and things that have gone a little awry in your financial life, you were talking about dependency, dependence. You know, if you're, say, uh, you're not married, but maybe you got two, three kids, you know, we're just going to have to do a dependent eligibility determination or a dependent waiver to see how things are looking. How's your finances as well? So each one is situational. So I think we were talking, you know, and saying that like the best thing to do is to, you know, you got to get with your recruiter and you got to go ahead, sit down and just get into the weeds about what, where, you know, what the situation is. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, for some of it, you know, like say like a morals waiver, for example, you know exactly what you did, right? And, you know, you can have a jump on that before you even meet with your recruiter and have all the stuff together, right? Police report, court documents, right? And be ready to rock and roll with that and saves some time and steps in the process. Um, other things, yeah. you know, such as the financial stuff, you know, so the financial stuff, you can start to kind of have some of that working, uh, you know, having the the recruiter run the credit report, those is going to, you know, be the the final like all right cool this is everything we need kind of a deal right mm-hmm. all these explanations right. but yeah everything's completely situational it's all going to be different for each applicant right um it's hard to say like what's going to be good what's not going to be good a- again every squadron is different every recruiter is different everything every applicant's going to be different it's, uh but the number one thing i can tell you if you are walking in there and you know that you have a law violation of some sort that that um you know kind of a serious one right or you have some financial issues or whatever right be motivated to do you know what your recruiter asks you to do and be open to the of the air force man you're going to hear it at some (laughs) point in time in your process so like get get comfortable with that now yes indeed i would say own it too like don't come in there making a bunch of excuses about why stuff happened because i don't want to i don't want to hear why it happened what i want to hear is how it's not going to happen again Mm-hmm. you're in the air force now so a lot of kids come in and, and they think like they got to tell me a, or tell us a thousand different excuses about why something happened just tell us why it's not going to happen again um yes we do have to know why it happened but we're more focused on why should i do this waiver um to make sure this was just like a one-time offense like or maybe a two-time offense and you change but if you're making a bunch of excuses and not not taking ownership, then that to a recruiter that can make it seem like maybe this might happen again, and they may they may not be put that waiver or put their name on the waiver, and then ultimately they didn't learn anything from it, right? You know, they you know we didn't learn anything to change it, right? Well, and that, and that's the thing I think you know folks don't exactly realize is that you know when you're submitting that waiver, that waiver is going up to our commander, right? Our commander is not meeting you, right? Unless it's something crazy going on you know or they want to video conference you or something but chances are right that that commander is never going to see you face to face they're never going to talk to you it's not going to happen so they are relying heavily on what we have to say you know in in our and it also the documents i mean let's be really the documentation everything too but our statement's going to 
play a big factor into that. Yeah. So, you know, you're right, Jody, for sure, man, come in, you know, just own it, be mature, be an adult about it and be like, yeah, I messed up, but here's what I learned from it here. And here's why this ain't happening again, you know? And I, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, man. Such a little, uh, coverage of the waivers you know and what people have been asking about the waiver process uh next brother go ahead rock and roll rock and roll on the next big one all right so the next big one that i would say like let's jump into here is i get or i see it all the time around the internet and, and whatever is can i wait for the specific job that i want right and if i don't get a specific job that i want right and this is kind of a two-parter can i deny it Right. And and then wait for the job that I really want. So this one I know is going to be a little bit lengthy, but both those answers are <laughs> both those answers are basically no, no, no. <laughs> in a short, no. in a short answer. No. <laughs> yeah, Don't worry, we'll dive into it. But <laughs> Where would you like to start on this one? Oh, boy. Where to start? Oh, okay. Can you wait around for a specific job? Uh, that is not how the, that's just not how it goes. Right. That is just not the ultimate goal and how it goes waiting around for that firefighter job to come out. All right. Because that's the only thing that you want to do. It's just not how the process works. All right. Um, good. Yeah, did you get, yeah, you got it. If you want to jump in on something, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is it is a tricky balance right you know because you, you want to be as a recruiter you want to be able to match people up with what they want to do right obviously right you don't want somebody coming in and just overall being disgruntled about you know whatever right and end up being a bad airman because it can be a detriment to the air force and also themselves you know so with that right understand that you know you, you can't just again wait around for this one job right because firefighter for example right like you mentioned off not super common it just like we had 238 jobs that we just got in our last job draft only five of them were firefighter and almost every yeah. and almost everybody in the depth list firefighter man one firefighter so you're competing with hundreds of people right for for five spots you know so it, it's it's hard to get man and you know it's honestly man it, it's it's not worth it for you to wait around. It's not worth it for us to wait around. It's not worth it for the Air Force to wait around. Uh, and, and in my experience, I, and I know I said this in an earlier episode, is that statistics have proven that the longer you wait around, the less likely you are to make it out of here and get into the mm -hmm. Air Force. So, you know, again, it goes back to get, get started, man. And also, for crying out loud, man, you have no idea what that job really does in the Air Force, man. Like, so, I mean, you're judging it at face value. You have no idea. And, mm -hmm. you know, until you're in the air force and doing it, like you have no idea whether, you know, it's, it's like what you think it is or whatever. Cause you know, being a firefighter in the air force is not like being a city firefighter here in town or whatever, you know? <laughs> right. And when uh, someone feels like, you know, if it just comes down to it and you think like you're, you're comfortable sitting in the delayed entry program for a year, a year and a half, you know, I'd like to know that up front because you know, the process is to get you into the delayed entry program, get you a job, get you to basic training. So really, I mean, if you're if you're comfortable and you're okay with hanging around for a year and a half, then my best bet, maybe come back in a year then. And then we'll talk about getting you into the delayed entry program and getting you and work in that last six months yeah. to try to, you know, try to get you around because it's, it's not it's not built for you 
to sit in the delayed entry program for a year, year and a half. There's certain uh, there's uh, there's certain circumstances where an individual may be in the delayed entry program that long. Mainly, it's going to be your individuals who are in high school, right? Right. They're, they're, we're just waiting for them to graduate and get their diploma so they can move on with their life and their career. So if there's someone that's telling you like, hey, man, yeah, you could just sit there and wait in the delayed entry program for a year, year and a half for what you want to for that one job. It's, it's really incorrect information. It's right. just not how it works. And you got something there, Jody, or something to read? I would, I would always tell my applicants like, hey, individual or single jobs are really hard to get. If you're, if you're trying to get yourself a specific job, there's a really hard to get unless you go do something like a special test. If you take a linguist test and you... Um, you pass a linguist test and have a, a linguist qualifying score. Then if you told me you wanted to be a linguist at that point, then I can do something like that. If you wanted to, yeah. if you wanted to get into broadcast journalists and you did your broadcast journalist audition tape and they say that they would take you and you have the qualifying ASVAB score, everything else goes with it. Then we can start talking about specific jobs. But when you're just coming in um, like everyone else with, with a good ASVAB and you think because I got a 99 on the ASVAB, the Air Force is gonna give me what I want. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Um, and it's, I think the problem is coming from people who are in the Air Force who aren't recruiters. There's people in mm -hmm. the Air Force telling people, I know, trust me, I'm in the Air Force. <laughs> All you have to do is tell the recruiter, you don't want the job and they will get you what you want. And it's like, well, I heard it from someone in the Air Force, so it must be real. And it's like, and, <laughs> and then they're depth discharged. Right. <laughs> that's and that's right. What getting. You're gonna get them in trouble. <laughs> like you're gonna get them in trouble with the recruiter giving them information like that because the recruiter, <laughs> they can say, you know what? Well, you listed the jobs that you told me you wanted. We got you one of the jobs that you said you wanted, and now you're telling me you don't want it. So at this point, I can depth discharge you out of my delayed entry program. So. It's bad information to go around telling people that. Um, so I always tell my applicants, hey, make sure what you list is what you want. Because once it's on that paper, my squadron is looking to get that job for you. Right. Okay. Yeah, and that kind of definitely segues us into the part B of that question, which is, yeah, can I can I turn down a job just because it's not my number one and whatnot? And, you know, some of this, I, I believe, truly falls to, on the recruiter, right, to mm – -hmm to tell you up front that whatever you put on that paper is essentially all mm -hmm. number one picks, right? Don't pay mm -hmm. attention to the fact that you got one through 10 or one through 15, whatever, right? It, that really, it's very loosely, you know, a, a ranking of preference, right? It, it just kind of tells me, you know, like if I have the ability to be able to, to pick a specific one for you, um, you know, maybe I, I can work with that, but really in, in reality though, they all need to be your number one picks. And so essentially what, what Jody just said a second ago is you, if you put it on that list, you need to be okay with it. Um, mm -hmm. Because essentially that's what you're telling the air force, right? You're like, Hey, I'm cool with doing this. That's your agreement with the air force that you are willing to do that job. And when we, you know, say, Hey, congratulations, we booked you XX job. And you're like, nah, man, that was like number 12 on my list. I really don't want to do that. And it's like, well, I, okay. You listed it. So like either you got to get okay with it or you got to get okay with moving on down the road. Right. And that's, yeah, and that's on somewhere else. Yeah. It's offensive to recruiters. Like you listen. 
<laughs> right? I asked you four times about this list, and you that's said, a, "Yeah, that's offensive." Like I didn't, I didn't tell you to list this. Like you listed it, and I did. And you have to be upfront about it, and that's it. Right. You got to be upfront and just let them know. Listen, I need you to what were you putting on here? You got to be good with it. Don't put anything on this list that you don't want me making a phone call to you on one day and saying, Hey man, you've just got blah, 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 blah. And you'll leave it on blah, 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 blah date. And I want to be hearing cheers and not tears. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like it cheers and not. All right. (laughs) So I need this list to be accurate. All right. (laughs) Because then we're all just in a big mess. If you're going to go, I don't like it because now we just wasted a bunch of time. Right. I want to hear cheers. One more thing. I don't I don't know if we want to touch on it, but one more one more thing I used to tell my applicants was it has to be bookable jobs. Like you can't just list a bunch of firefighter, medical, and administrative jobs as your list. Like I need I need bookable yeah. jobs. And and I I would give them like the last 50 jobs, top 50 jobs in my squadron is booking month to month. And I would basically say, okay, out of this list, this is where you can create your, your job list. And, um, and that to some applicants was a little bit like, wait, I only can list these jobs. And it's like, no, you can actually list more, but I need the majority of these, these jobs um, to be listed because I have a better shot of getting you a job by listing those jobs. If you list the medical, the firefighter, all the ones that most applicants never come out. We won't have it. You're going to be in my delay entry program for more than 12 months. And you can only be in my delay entry program for 12 months before I have to discharge you. Right. So I don't want to waste your time. And if, if mm. I list those jobs, then I'm wasting your time. Right. And I've seen now where there's like, so certain flights can impose certain rules if they want to. Certain squadrons can certainly impose certain rules. And now that we've moved to this quarterly system where we are booking entire quarters worth of jobs at a time, right. We're seeing a little bit more of this whole, you can only list so many medical jobs or you can only list so many um, of these like hard to acquire jobs, basically. Right. So your medical, your firefighter, um, you know, flying jobs, whatever else, right. The ones that we only get like small amounts of, you know, cause you know, the flying jobs, they're not coming down like that crazy either you know we're getting like onesie twosies of those like i said only five out of 238 jobs were firefighters even fewer were medical right so there's it's some of these jobs are just hard to get and 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 i don't think that people quite grasp that from the outside looking in right to the air force and even people that are in the air force that have never been recruiters right they just think all these jobs are available all the time and their recruiter just chose to give them some of these other things you know and it's like (laughs) and it's like no man like that's that's just not how this works man like number one I can't choose to give you anything, right? Like <laughs> it, it has to be on your list. I'm just trying to make you bookable. I'm basically, you know, let's, let's reword this, right? Cause it's not necessarily just, I'm trying to make you hireable. Right. 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 Put it in civilian. Yeah. I'm trying to make you hireable, right? Cause you know, like you wouldn't walk into a job interview, right. At, at a, at a certain corporation and tell them like, Hey, I only want to do the jobs that you're not hiring for. Right. <laughs> this is not how that works. Right. So not all of these jobs are available all the time, you know, and, and just may not be possible to get it for you. So if joining the air force, something you really want to do, number one, be open, right. Have the, those conversations with your recruiter, but be open to the possibilities, man, get in the air force. They all get the same benefits, man. They all get the same pay. Mm-hmm. They all get the same everything, man. So it's like, just get in and get going. Uh, exactly. And again, 
back to the you you honestly don't know whether or not you're going to like that job anyway you know it's like just get in and let's get going man let's do the research and let's get moving man but like get yeah. your career started mm-hmm. that's it i can't say it more i can't say it enough get your career going that's yep. what you're getting everything from and and Please. also know that your recruiter is even though every job is pretty much your number one, we know what you really want. And we are trying with our, with our leadership to try and get you that number one. It's not all possible, but when we do, just it's know so nice. that that was your recruiter, like really working, trying to get you that. So when it happens, appreciate that recruiter and maybe throw them a bone, tell them about it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a cousin, somebody, because <laughs> that recruiter with that recruiter got you that job. Like it's it is rare <laughs> that we get number one jobs for applicants. So when you get a number one, just just be appreciative. Don't think that that's every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I you know I mean I, I've called in a few favors from time to time for for applicants that have really you know excelled at like helping me out right whether it's bringing people Mm -hmm. or whatever you know and and there's been times where i could really capitalize on some things i'd done previously like um i was able to you know pull off a certain amount of like uh quick shipping deals you know for folks that were Mm -hmm. like hey i I really want to do this this and this but i want to get out asap so i was able to facilitate their timeline but also help out our squadron so i got like the number one pick off top right so i'd be like Mm -hmm. all right i'm gonna use that to hook up my person that has really gone above and beyond for me right you know that those wow. you know so yeah so sometimes your recruiter really is calling in favors right to to be able to get you what you want you know so don't don't take that for granted but also understand that we don't want to give anybody something that they're not going to like either or something at the bottom of their barrel i'm always trying to get somebody in their top five if i can five because, yes right. top yeah. five top five because you know ultimately at the end of the day especially nowadays right now if you're listening to your uncle that signed up back in you know WWNOM, right <laughs> you know it, it back then right re, people could give you just about whatever you want whatever they wanted to it, i mean what are you going to do about it right nowadays there's the social media platforms everything else is out there man and like and people could just straight start bashing on their recruiter and like just really really taint the whole applicant pool for where we're at <laughs> trust me when i tell you that it is not in our best interest to just you know pull the wool over your eyes and 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 sell you up the road and give you whatever we want to give you, right? Our best interest is to give you what you also want, but understand right. that there has to be a give and take. There has to be a partnership here to understand that, like, I can't just give everybody that walks through my doors medical, you know, and some of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just not there. It's just not there. Right. <laughs> I think that was good. Uh, that was a good sum up of all that, brother. All right. I think that was good. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I think we only got one last one unless you guys know of another one. But uh, essentially here, let me find I, it in the think, old show notes. Huh? I was just saying, but I think we're around. I think we're good to go one more. And then I think it's going to be about time to wrap it up too. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think I think you're right about that one. All right. So let's uh, we'll just, just jump into it real quick then. Commissioning, right? More or less the commissioning deal. Uh, I see it all the time, right? People are like, hey, I have a bachelor's. Can I come in as an officer? Or people want to know about the commissioning opportunities that are in the Air Force from the enlisted side, right? You're commissioning from enlisted once you're already in. So why don't we give them, try to give them the short version of this, but what do you got? 
Oh, we can't promise a short version. <laughs> we, we promise. We promise twenty-minute episodes, seventeen episodes, ten episodes ago, buddy. Sorry, that's over with now. <laughs> that's true. We've that's, that's we have done. definitely uh, we've crossed the bridge into marathon episodes. That's happened. <laughs> so we just answer as we can. All right. <laughs> you get what you get, and we're moving on. <laughs> All right, so go ahead. Where we have? What was the question again? Where are we going to start with? Uh, well, I tell you, let's just start right off top, right? People that come in our offices or people online that are asking, like, "Hey, I got a bachelor's degree. Uh, can I come okay. in as an officer?" Okay. Um. So yes, I mean, yes, you've gone ahead. You've gotten your bachelor's degree, right? So you've gotten that part accomplished to come in and try to be uh, an officer in the United States Air Force. But there's other things that are involved with that. Um, it's very competitive. And it does take some time. I mean, there is time that it takes for this to happen. Um, there is an AFOQT test that you will need to take. And what is that? The Air Force Officers Qualification Test. Correct. Is that my, is that AKA AFOQT? Oh, right. Whoop, nailing it. AKA. <laughs> I got it in. I got it in. <laughs> All right. So you got that. I'll tell you what, what you have your degree in is going to be something that's going to determine if you're competitive enough. You know, do you have it in that STEM subject or do you have it in, you know, um, like maybe not passion or anything, but you know, do you have it in liberal arts or something like that? What's your, what's your degree in? Okay. And then what's your GPA? How that, I mean, it all goes into play with being able to go this route and come in as an officer with your bachelor's. Okay. Um, is, is there anything else that you would add? Because the next thing I was going to go into was and coming in as enlisted and then go that route. So the other thing there is that uh, in addition to the AFOQT, which is extremely hard, by the way, uh, it's not like the ASVAB. It's, yeah. it's definitely a different kind of test. You can only ever take it twice. Uh, there is a waiver right. possibility for a third time, but you really got to explain yourself <laughs> as to why you need that third time. Uh, but it's, it's a two time only test, you know, and it's, it's very hard to, it's a very challenging test. So understand that also you have to have five letters of recommendation to come in, in that LO program, which I'm not saying it's necessarily challenging, but you know, you got to extra stuff you got to track down and do, you know what I mean? Extra things for the process. And mm -hmm. the, the system right now, the, the line officer program, is super super inundated with applicants right you got to understand like there's a ton of people that are like hey i got my bachelor's degree and i got nothing else to do i want to come in as an officer or maybe that was their goal to begin with whatever but you know that that program is super full so they are very very particular right it's you need to have i i know the last time i, I talked with them which wasn't that long ago was 3.5 at a minimum gpa or higher and really you need to be a lot higher than that with knocking the afoqt out of the park and all that kind of stuff um they're looking for leaders, man. So those those letters of recommendation need to show some leadership and all that kind of stuff as well. But I don't know what else you got there. You got anything, Jody? Yeah, definitely. I, I actually did a I actually did an interview with a line officer recruiter. Uh, one of the videos I did on my, on my YouTube channel, Sergeant Sanderson. He's a line officer recruiter, and he was explaining that when they're looking for officers, they start with the Air Force Academy pool. Like those guys are going to become officers. And then they look at the ROTC pool, all the kids in college who are in ROTC, they're going to be the next ones to get those officer positions. And then they look at the enlisted side of the house, us. They're looking at the enlisted members who are putting in their, their packages to become officers. 
And then last on the totem pole would be the civilians trying to come directly into an officer position. So what he was saying is basically that is the hardest route to try to get picked up as an officer in the Air Force is through the civilian to officer program. So I agree. Yeah, understandable. Makes sense. Well, and also like, I mean, I, I don't know what kind of numbers the ROTC program is, you know, is kind of putting out every year as far as like graduates uh, of the ROTC program, but the, the number of people that are competing to get those LO spots, those line officer spots, it's, I mean, it's a huge number for, right. mm-hmm. for a very small number of spots. You know I mean? I think we said, um, was it 565? I think was this year, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what we came out with. It's yeah. not a lot. No, no, it's not a lot. <laughs> and so, looking for the when, best. When you were talking about the uh, the other part of it, you don't just go into the other side and go into OTS, Officer Training School. Yes. Uh, sometimes that, I mean that really sometimes it's just one of the best routes, man. You know, and it was like, oh, I don't want to come in enlisted. Listen, man, come in. Uh, you have a bachelor's. That's great. Um, but if you want to get this thing rolling, listen, come in, enlist, do a four or six year. Go to OTS after that. You know what? You're going to want that breadth of experience of being an enlisted member. Um, it, it's going to benefit you. Uh, it's going to benefit you going that route. So don't uh, knock the enlisted route and go in OTS because, hey, right there, it's already, it's already above. It's already easier. They go in through the civilian route, right? They're going trying to go that route. So I don't know. I'd say think about it. Think about it. Look into it and don't knock it until you learn more about it right well you know and, and the other thing is is that the steps are are still fairly similar right you still have to you know you still have to pass the afoqt right you still have to get so instead of five letters of recommendations you just got to get the one from your commander right you still got to be you know it, it's it's pretty similar but the one of the big things that you that you got going for you right is you're already medically qualified you're already qualified for military service in general right you don't have to do that whole process mm-hmm you know, as a part of the waiting game for the, uh, the line officer program, uh, you're already what they're looking for. Cause you've already been in, they've already trained you, you know? And then you like, like Tim mentioned, you have that experience that's working for you that you've already been in and you understand what it's like in there. But I mean, I I've known a lot of people that have gotten it done, you know, and, and they came in with no degree, no college. And they did their, their college and got their degree yeah. on the military's dime, right on the air force dime. Right. Yes. And then commissioned over later. Some of them became pilots even, you know, the ones that yeah. were really yes. they became pilots even. Uh, I've had a lot of them that just, you know, went on to just become your general everyday officers. Um, the the one advantage, I, yeah, that coming in on the enlisted side with a degree, with the eye of commissioning is that you can do it sooner, right? Obviously, you don't have to wait the time to get the degree. You can start that process right around year, at year two, um, you know, start working that. But, yeah. Great information. <laughs> well, they... they <laughs> There's some other commissioning programs out there, obviously, right? If you're if you have more of an eye for the for the medical side of the house, right? You could look at the nurse enlisted commissioning program, which is a great, great mm-hmm. deal. Um, definitely. Yeah, the physician assistant program is another good one, which is pretty awesome. Uh, there's quite a few of them that are out there. Uh, you know, you just it just depends on what you're looking for specifically. That, the nurse enlisted commission program is what I used to. You know, some of the applicants that I had come in that say they wanted to work a medical job, like I'm only going to come in if I can get a medical job. I would actually um, inform them about the nurse enlisted commissioning program um, because I'm like, so you want to be a nurse. That's usually what they think they're going to come in as if they get a medical job, they think they're going to be a nurse. And I'm uh-huh. like, becoming a nurse actually takes some education. Um, 
But if you want to be a nurse, we actually have a program where we will pay for your nursing school and then you can perform as a nurse in the Air Force. And when they hear that, usually they're like, okay, I'm interested in that. And, um, and one of the things I also go along with it is like, you can come in whatever job and apply for that program and um, right. nurse later. So that was a big, um, a big point for me with my people who wanted a medical job. Oh, absolutely. That's um, that one, that one's, that's a clutch detail, right. To throw out there when right. you got people that are like, I want to be medical. And it's like, you know, what I really try to like tell them, like, look, do something that you, maybe you never thought of, of doing, right. Do, do something to really grow yourself as a person. Right. And, and try something new, whether it be something that travels a lot, like say, you know, in-flight refueling or load mass or something, if you're qualified and you can get it, or, you know, maybe push the boundaries in another way. If you're, if you can pull off crypto linguists or something, or maybe try anything, doesn't matter, right? Be a maintainer, do something, right? And at the same time, pursue your because you just got to knock out your first two years, right? Get accepted to a uh, nursing program at, at any public institution that has a has an ROTC, right? Get accepted to their program, apply to the nursing enlisted commissioning program, off you go, man. Full time school, two years, knock it out, pass your boards, come back in. You know, because you're doing J or you're doing ROTC the whole time, right? Come back in, go through mm -hmm. the officer stuff, and bam, man. Fully commissioned oh. officer, fully registered nurse. Like, what else could you ask for? Booyah. Pay for <laughs> Yeah, yeah. For, for free. For, and for free. <laughs> and you're still getting active duty pay the whole time, right? That right. you're that you're in school, right? Because mm -hmm. you're still on active duty status. It's right. a it's like it's a no program. Like, I don't I wish I could tell everybody about it. Like it is a huge program to take advantage of yeah that's really cool so yes for all you guys out there and, and ladies looking to become officers right there's plenty of paths to do it um don't get hung up on just coming in straight in as an officer if you know if you didn't do rotc or the academy right you know it's yeah just, just because you have a bachelor does not automatically mean that you're going to be able to be an officer right because there's a lot of steps mm -hmm. to that actually as you mentioned earlier right the stem degree is super important especially engineering they definitely want engineering that's that's been a big um target for the officer side of the house where they want engineering degrees uh specifically but all stem works for you have be competitive that's the other thing right high gpas good uh basically a good resume for yourself some good letters of recommendation all that stuff yeah you got it man you guys ever heard of the um the lead the leaders encouraging airman development program no i have not so I've heard of it. I I can't say that I've done so much research into it. Right. We could maybe I can tell the story. We can we can leave off on it. Um, so the lead is another enlisted to commissioning program. Um, you have to be between the ages of 18 to 22. Um, and what they do is they send you to an Air Force Academy prep school. So if you get selected to go to the prep school, they say that like um 80% of the people who go through the prep school get accepted into the actual academy. Um I, it's not really a program that I told people about when I recruited, but I got a crazy story. Um, one of the first applicants that I ever had came into my office. Uh, the guy had Asperger's. He had been diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, uh, basically a malform of autism. And um, come in, this was in 2016, came in with a stack of medical records. I'm a new recruiter. Uh, I was like, okay, Let's see what we can do. They de they disqualified him immediately, right? The kid didn't take that as a as a 
like a, a strong, a concrete answer. Like he was like, well, what do I have to do? And I was like, I don't think there's anything you can do. And he's so smart. He's like, no, there's something I can do. There's something. No. (laughs) So I'm like, well, I guess maybe um, you can go get more medical records. So he got more and more medical records. And then finally, the SG pretty much got tired of him and was like, look, you're disqualified for having Asperger's. Like, as long as you have Asperger's, there's nothing you can do. So I was like, look, man, we tried. This This is like year 2018 now. I'm like, look, we tried. Man. He's like, nope, there's still something we can do. Not buying it. I'm like, <laughs> okay, man, like you, you, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what we can do. And he's like, Sergeant Reed, I'm going to go get a test. Um, there's a test that I can take and it's going to tell me if I have autism or not. And I was like, okay, that actually sounds pretty solid. Like, go take the test. Let's see what happens. So he takes the test and the doctor says, you don't have autism. You're just, extremely, you're extremely smart. And he wrote that. Like I got a doctor's note with this test that they gave him everything. So we resubmit that up to the SG. This is 2019. This is my last applicant I put in the Air Force before I became a recruiting instructor. He's one of the first people I one met. One of the first you started with. Right. One of the last people I put in. So the kid gets in. I get him a linguist job. He wanted to be a flying linguist. I could only get him a ground linguist. We didn't have any flying linguist jobs available. But he was still happy. Um, the kid goes to basic training, and he's so smart that he did something in basic training. I don't know what it was, but his mother told me he impressed them somehow so much that they recommended him for lead. So the kid in basic training got picked up for the Leaders in Courage and Airman Development. They sent him to the Air Force Academy Prep School. Um, nice. I, I haven't heard anything since. Like when I when I when I looked the kid up in the in the um, in the global, it still says he's in basic training. So I don't I don't know if he got accepted into the academy or not. Right. Um, but this was at least a year ago now, and he still says he's in basic training. So. I don't think I don't think the prep school is that long, but I'm pretty sure the kid is in the academy now. Um, how through cool. the lead program? So I, should, I, um, I tell people how cool, man. Yeah, you should. Uh, if you remember right, you should look up his mom or dad or him or whatever on Facebook and see if there's right. anything posted right. Because I I'm sure mom probably posted some stuff on Facebook if he's in the academy. <laughs> right. You know right. Right. Yeah. So. No the, I got to reach back out to her. She's got a last name that suit probably one of the only people in the United States with that name. So it shouldn't be, <laughs> should be too hard to figure it out. But that's my lead story, man. Like I didn't even really talk about this program as a recruiter, but um, I actually had a kid get accepted into the lead program. So I, I like- And what a journey, what a right. journey he was on. He never gave up. That's my man. And it wasn't me. Like it was him. Like I- Right. I, he said, nope, this boy- right. Don't worry, so, I'll figure it out. Message to applicants. If you're listening and you got denied by this chief medical officer or the surgeon general, you can always find a way to get qualified. So if you got disqualified, um, maybe there's there's something that you can do with your doctor to change that chief medical officer or surgeon general's mind. I know that's off track, but just for um, somebody. Hey, but it's possibility, some kind of test or something. Right. Hey, of Reed, man, it has been a pleasure hanging out with you. Man, I had a good time. 
I hope so. And, and then that means maybe <laughs> hopefully you'll come back again. Like you were just, well, you were I just mean, sitting here miserable for the last hour. <laughs> oh, no, man. I'll come back. Whenever you guys need me, I'll be back. This is fun. My man. Well, I mean, so we're man. on the recruiter's corner, man. It's what we do. We have fun. We just right. <laughs> That's right. You just come we're to the we're... corner and you hang out anytime. <laughs> We definitely, we definitely did have a good time. So I, no, this was a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. This is where we drink straight from the tap. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> hey. All right, Bradley, you want to sign us off, my man? Yeah, I. Well, you know what? Yeah, let's do it, man. It's been a great episode. Oh, well, you know what? Anyone else oh. going to say? You know what? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Reed. I don't know if you wanted to go ahead and also like, plug your YouTube channel, my man, and oh. um, let so, every, yeah. let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah, you can go on YouTube. You can look me up, Jody with a Y, um, and not with a letter Y. It's actually spelled uh, W H Y. So J O D Y with a W H Y. Uh, that's how you can find me on YouTube. Go ahead and check me out. I got a lot of great videos uh, talking about Air Force lifestyle and benefits. Also, a lot about the recruiting process. So you guys uh, check me out, and you can get some more information from me there. That'd be nice. We'll put you in our description block as well. We'll throw out uh, so they can uh, find it also. There you go. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, if you are looking for more of the YouTube style thing, hit up Jody with a Y. Take a look at his stuff. He's got great content. And we will see you around the corner on episode 13. All right. And that's a wrap for episode 12 here on the Recruiter's Corner. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Listen, please look us up on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you can find us. Also, why don't you check out YouTube where you can find Jody with a Y hanging out and maybe he can uh, meet us on the Recruiter's Corner one day on the video scope. Hey, everybody, thank you for joining. Thanks for coming in. It's been a pleasure coming at you straight from the tap. We'll see you next time.